Let's get into this. Today's not the last sermon um, in this series I've been preaching called Hosting His Presence, Trans, um, um, Unveiling uh, Heaven's Agenda. I was saying Hosting His Presence, Transform the City. That's our mission. Um, and, t- and today I want to talk to you guys about baptism of fire. It's really interesting that that's what we sang about earlier. It's really interesting that that's what we prayed about earlier in the day. And I'm sure that if I were to ask the prayer team this morning, what did you guys pray for? They would say, oh yeah, we think God's gonna do something today. You guys realize that God is, is excited to have you encounter him? He wants you to encounter him, not just in theory, not just in mind, not just in thought, not just, not just where we can understand, but the things that we don't understand, the things that make us go, hmm, Right, it's, 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 I love my, one of my favorite preachers, he puts it like this, a sign will always make you wonder. It's called a sign and a wonder, <laughs> right? A sign will always make you wonder. And I just, I just, I, I love that. And sometimes I think that we love to contain God and what we can truly understand, but God wants to break out of that box and get you to the place where you stop understanding sometimes and begin to just live by faith and trust him on what he's doing, right? So today, my purpose in this message is to really fan into flame. Like the Bible says, right? He, Paul told Timothy, fan in the flame the gift of God that's within you. My purpose today at the end of this whole thing is to fan into flame what's already burning inside of you, yeah. right? What's already there. Some of us have little flame. Some of us have a lot of flame. Some of us are middle flame. Whatever the case is, the purpose today is to blow and stoke the fire so that way you can begin to see God encounter your life in a powerful way. That's the purpose of today. Everything we do here, from prayer, from worship, to kids ministry, to cameras, to to live stream, to sound equipment, to playing the guitar, playing in the wrong tune, playing in the right tune, whatever the case is, whatever we do is to have an encounter with Jesus, to point your attention to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and that's it. To point my attention to Jesus, because it's too easy to get distracted like it's easy right now in this day and age that we're living in. You see, some things happened and transpired over the last few weeks, haven't they? And I'll just say this, I'm not gonna rant a lot about this, okay? But if, 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 if something doesn't make you a little spiritually indignant a little bit, and there's something on the inside of you that doesn't get a little bit frustrated or angry, maybe you're part of the problem. I love you so much with all my heart. <laughs> I really do mean that, right? But the things that are going on in our country, number one, I believe are very biblical. They're supposed to happen. I think the unfolding of God's word is being unfolded before our eyes. Amen. I do believe that. But that doesn't mean that we just kind of stop and just let things happen. No, we have to stand up with Christ in our hearts, in our lives, and vocalize, right? And be vocal of what we're, what, what, who Christ is in the middle of this. And this is where I want to turn your attention to. It's not about what's going on, because if we focus on the distraction, the distraction becomes bigger than Jesus. And then before you know it, we turn the distraction into an idol, and we start talking about the idol. We start dwelling on the idol. We start worshiping the idol. We start looking towards the idol. We start looking. I'm, I refuse to look at the idol of our culture and begin to look at Jesus Christ as the King of the kings and the Lord of lords. He is the one who is above all of this. So if I can do anything this morning, and that's turning your attention to Jesus Christ, because it's all about him. 
listen, the stuff's going to happen in the world. We know that it is. It's written in the word of God, but praise be to Jesus Christ. At the end of the book, it says, amen. It is finished. It is done. We are on the winning side. We don't got to worry about a thing. But in your day-to-day living, in where you're at at work, in your workplace, with your friends, with your family, now's not the time to cower back and take a step back and be afraid to offend somebody. Listen, because the world's not afraid of offending you. It is time to stand up with righteousness in our heart and begin to love people the way Christ loved them and see the miracles of Jesus Christ being performed. We'll talk a little bit. I got Reggie coming up here in just a few minutes. He's going to share a little bit of something that happened in his life just a couple of weeks ago. Pretty awesome testimony. But I want to stoke you this morning. Fan in the flame, whatever the flame that is burning in your heart. And maybe, maybe it's time to reignite for some of us. Amen? Yeah. Luke chapter 24. Pastor Lupe, can I, can I get a bottle of water, man? Thanks, buddy. We'll just edit that out. I tease. Luke chapter 24, 36 through 53, it says this. No, thanks, man. Now, while they were telling these things, Jesus himself stood, suddenly stood in their midst. Now, let me just give a little context here where we're at. Jesus crucified. He's resurrected. Now he's roaming the earth, Okay. He's walking around. (laughs) He's kind of going and making his visits. Okay, so here here are the disciples. And while they were telling these things, they're talking about Jesus. Jesus himself suddenly stood in their midst and said to them, peace be to you. First of all, let me just stop right there and say, here's Jesus. He just died. Wouldn't it be weird if he showed up in your living room? The heck? Right? He's crazy. Verse 37. But they were startled and frightened and thought that they were looking at a spirit. Again, so interesting to me how common that it was that they thought, oh, that's just a spirit. You guys remember when, when, when Peter was in jail and uh, they were praying for Peter earnestly and then the door, there's a knock on the door and the people in the house says, oh, that's just his angel. Interesting to me how in the New Testament, they were so comfortable with the supernatural, yet here we are, the New Testament church, uncomfortable with the things we can't understand. Verse 38, and he said to them, why are you frightened? And why are doubts arising in your hearts? Well, first of all, Jesus, you just dead. Now you're in my living room. That's pretty weird, right? See my hands and my feet. That is, I myself, touch me and see. Because the spirit does not have flesh and bones as you plainly see that I have. And when they had said this, <clears throat> he showed them his hands and his feet. While they still could not believe it because of the joy and astonishment, he said to them, you have anything to eat? <laughs> so, <laughs> that's so Jesus, right? It's just so human, right? You know, guys, I just like totally died and resurrected. You got, I'm starving, man. You guys got any food? That's just so funny to me. But let me just stop right there and say Jesus wanted them to touch him. He said, look, no, it's really me. Touch me and find out. No, no, really, it's it's really me. Verse 40. No, moving on, 42. They served him a piece of broiled fish with bacon, because everything tastes better with bacon. (laughs) 
And he took it and ate it in front of him. Now he said to them, these are my words, which I spoke to you while I was with you, that all the things that are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds. I love this. Then he opened their minds to understand the scripture. You can't understand scripture without Jesus. You can be smart in the scripture, but you may not understand him. You need Jesus. See, a lot of people want to read the word just to read the word, but the reading the Bible should always lead to Jesus. Always. Verse 45, then you open their minds to understand the scripture. And he said to them, so it is written that the, that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my father. Someone say sending. I am sending the promise of my father upon you. Someone just tell me real quick what that is. The Holy Spirit. I'm sending my promise of the Father to you. But you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So Jesus right there gave them a mission, right? He gave them an assignment. He says, listen, guys, I'm going to send my spirit to you. Okay, my, the promise of the Father, I'm going to send that to you. But before I do that, I want you to go wait in the city for it. Right? I want you to go wait in the city for it. Oh, but pastor, you know, I got games going on today. Oh, pastor, I can't because this is, you know, Jesus, it's, it'd be really, really great to do that. But man, it's got a lot going on, a lot going on. See, our busyness can sometimes distract us away from the things that God wants to do in your life. Our busyness, and I'm not saying, listen, I'm not here to bag. I understand things go on. I, I understand things happening, work schedules, X, Y, Z. I get it. There, there's no condemnation in that. But what I'm saying is sometimes, sometimes we like to distract Jesus from what he wants to do with us because we're so busy in our schedule, right? It might be time in these last days, trust me, we're in the last days, right? It might be time in these last days to rearrange our priorities to see Jesus come through. Verse 50, and he led them out as far as Bethany. Bethany, the city, not Bethany, the church, even though I love Bethany, the church. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And, that, and, and they, after worshiping him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, praising God. After the encounter, they went to church. Went to church to worship Jesus. What a great depiction and story of us. What a great resemblance of us. I don't know about you, but I'm happy that I'm saved, amen? I'm so glad, I'm so, so happy that Jesus Christ came and delivered me from my sin. He became sin, so therefore I don't have to live in sin any longer. He is the one not just only died for it, but he became everything that I in the future and now will struggle with. He became that so that way I can live and you can live in pure victory and true victory over your life, right? And I just wonder sometimes if the people of God would begin just to understand, not physically understand, but spiritually understand as Jesus is the one who gives us the understanding that what he truly paid for really set us free what our life would really be like if we walked that out. 
If we really walk that out, listen to me, listen to me. You are not defined by your sin and you are not defined by your past. You are not defined by what has happened to you. You are set free, son and and daughter of Jesus Christ. That's who you are. That's who you are. I don't want to just rah-rah you. I want you to understand that that is the identity that you fall under. It's who you are. Let me shift gears. Gear two. See, we're talking about the encounter of the Holy Spirit, the encounter of God. You guys have just had just a significant encounter in your life. Outside of salvation, obviously salvation is the way to go, right? Come on. I, I can remember when I, when I literally gave my, I grew up in church. Listen to me, teens. For those of you who grew up in church, just because your mom and dad go to church doesn't mean that you're a Christian. It means that you need to make a decision for your own personal life. There's a covering over you, yes and amen, but that does not guarantee you a spot in heaven. You have to make a decision for yourself. Every single person will be accountable for us to say yes or no to Jesus Christ. Pastor, why are you beating us up this morning? I'm not. I love you. Right? I love you. And truth has to be said. I grew up in church. Listen, I know. I know what it was like to play the game. I know what it was like to say yes and amen on Sunday and on Monday to live a completely different life. I get it. I get it. But I remember in the ninth grade, before I entered my ninth grade, sitting in my grandma's basement in Ohio, in Zanesville, Ohio. Does anybody know where that's at? Zanesville, it's right next to Columbus. Okay? It's just like here, you know, never, no one ever says on Alaska, they just say lacrosse, right? I think there's something, I think there's something brewing in on Alaska, man. I'm not saying we're going to divide seeds or nothing like that, but what I'm saying is God has a mark right here in on Alaska. Amen? Amen. This region is marked by Jesus Christ as a portal of his presence. So, moving on. I remember getting ready to go into the ninth grade and I was sitting in my grandma's basement playing with Legos. You know, because you're at that weird age, you know, where you still like to play toys, <laughs> but you don't want to because you don't want to see you doing it. And I was down there and uh, I said, Jesus, I just want you to know that, that I'm going to give my life to you today fully. Everything that I am, everything that I am without any, holding anything back. And for the first time in my life, I heard the I felt like the audible presence of Jesus, tell me, the voice of God, tell me something. It, it seemed like he was right there in the room. I, I couldn't see him. There was no experience like that. But I heard the Lord say to me, Jacob, if you give your life to me right now, I will do amazing things with you. You are called by my name. And I said, that's good enough for me. <laughs> yes and amen. Praise the Lord. And throughout, since that time, there's been multiple things that have happened to me. And maybe you have some of the same similar stories. Maybe you have some of the things. I'm just going to just talk about a few of them to kind of prod, to kind of poke, and kind of just stir the fire within you. Do you guys mind? Okay, I'm going to do it anyway. So, <clears throat> so um, there's been just some really great encounters um, with the Lord. Some of them, most of them, while I was asleep and dreaming, but some of them when I was just, you know, just really just seeking after God. I remember one time in Sherburn, Minnesota, um, we were having just a stint of revival services. Literally every, every single night we were having meetings 
Um, and my wife and I moved there and we were still having these meetings and then slowly it tapered off. We, you know, we went to the weekends and we're having every weekend meetings and then, you know, then it kind of tapered off. But there for a while, it was just really, really strong. And I remember the preacher that was preaching those things. Um, I never really experienced anything quite like this before, um, but I, 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 I came up to the line. We have tape on the line where people would have to stand because you wouldn't be able to, you know, keep standing. You would just boop, fall over, you know? And all the theological people are like, yeah, you don't fall backwards. You know, you're supposed to fall forward. That's what, that's what the Bible says. Listen, whenever the power of God touches, you're going to fall no matter how you fall, right? So here I am. I'm just sitting there and I'm praying. Here comes this preacher, this evangelist. And all he did, I'm not joking with you. All he did was go with his little fingertip, right? Pop. And a bolt of electricity, like a lightning bolt, just went boom, shut through all the way in my foot, all the way from the top of my head, all the way down. And all I could do was go boom, I just went limp and I just fell right over. And then from that time, I was shaking under the power and the presence of God. Pastor, you're getting crazy. Nah, getting biblical. Let's get biblical, biblical. I want to get biblical. Let's get into biblical. Let me hear your Bible talk. Bible talk. Sorry. Total rabbit trail right there. Bear with me. So here I am on the floor shaking. And I can just sense. It felt like I was floating in air. Felt like I was floating in air. And I'm, and I'm just shaking in the presence of God. And I, and I, couldn't, I couldn't really stop. You know, I got up and I'm like, oh God, I don't know what to do. And my whole hands were just jittery. Tapered off after a while, right? And I was thankful for that experience, right? Sometimes these encounters from the Lord just kind of remind you that he loves you. They remind you that he cares for you, that he's thinking of you. I'm not saying that if you don't encounter God, that he's not thinking of you. But what I'm saying is that sometimes these encounters, they just remind you that he loves you. I remember falling asleep one night. And uh, I was having just a really rough time. I was in Springfield, Illinois at this time, and I was just having a really difficult time, just a really rough time. And I was frustrated, I was upset. I was not a fun person to be with. And I'm pretty lighthearted, I'm a fun guy always to be with, right? But I have my moments, man, you know? I have my moments. And I was just not a fun, it just wasn't fun. And um, I was feeling a little sad and depressed, you guys ever felt that way before, right? Kind of feel a little hopeless. And uh, <clears throat> I went to sleep that night. And in the middle of the night, this was so real. I, I, I want to say that it wasn't a dream, but I knew that it was because it felt so real to me. You guys ever had one of those moments before, right? And, and I felt like the Lord came and he rubbed my shoulder and went in the middle of my sleep and says, hey, Jake, you want to go see your mansion? I was like, yeah. I was laying in bed. Uh, yeah, totally. I want to go see my mansion. Why wouldn't I, Jesus? Right? So he grabs my hand and poof, I fly like the speed of light up to heaven. And I'm, and I'm, not, I'm, I'm trying not to exaggerate any of the pieces of the story, okay? And so I'm, I'm up there in heaven and I didn't go through any portal of light. I didn't walk through a gate. I, none, none of that happened to me. I'm just, I instantly show up on this white, translucent, pearly kind of looking sidewalk. And I'm walking on the sidewalk while Jesus, it was only meant for two. The sidewalk was big enough just for him and I. And so we're walking 
and we're discussing, we're, we're talking. I look over at people on the grass and they got a picnic out and they're playing around and there's kids there. They're, they're loving each other. They're doing all this kind of stuff. And it's just a really, really great, peaceful, awesome environment. So we, we kind of venture down this little sidewalk and, uh, and, and, and we walk up to this fence. It's a white picket fence, but the fence wasn't white, white picket like white picket. It was white picket with translucent. You can see right through it, although you knew it was white. So I walk up, everything up to my doorway was, was clear, but it, you can, it was foundational, right? It just, it, it, it had movements, okay? The grass for me, um, I don't know if any of you have ever experienced this before. I stepped on the grass to see what it was like and the grass came alive. It actually wrapped around my feet. And, and so I, I walked up to my mansion and I says, is this it, Jesus? He goes, this, I've, I'm preparing this for you. It's not finished yet, but... I'm building this for you because you still got time left on earth. I was like, oh, awesome. So I looked at my door, it's complete solid white three, or solid gold three inches thick. And I went to go to the door handle and the door handle solid gold. The whole thing was just solid gold, right? And I was like, well, I, I, I felt like I didn't deserve what I was looking at. That's what I felt like. I didn't feel like I deserved what I was experiencing. Jesus comforted me. I couldn't see his face, okay? But I just knew, I just had this sense because I was familiar with the presence of God. But I just knew it was the Lord. And so he, he told me, he says, don't worry, I'm, I'm, I'm building this for you, this is for you. So I walk in, all right, I walk in, floors, translucent, pearly white, kind of moving, okay? Kind of like a, a video game, kind of looking, super cool, right, like this. Walls are golden. There's a mirror over there that I can see my reflection. It was super cool. Over on the right-hand side, there was another little room there. And uh, if you guys know me, I love like video games and stuff, yeah. right? I know, judge me later, just not now, okay? And, and, and I felt like that room was meant for that. It was super weird, I don't understand it, right? Maybe me and Jesus are gonna play Slay Demon Slayer or something like that, and I don't know. Just joking, okay, everybody? And so, so here I am, I'm there. The Lord turns me around. Oh, oh, I see my kids. I see both of my boys. In walks Caleb, and uh, he's super small. Just like I remember him, you know? And he's, he's walking, he's like, hey, Dad, what's going on? There's Samuel, he's like, hey, we're gonna go play football outside. I was like, awesome, let's do it. You guys go for it. He's like, you wanna come? I said, no, I think I have to talk to Jesus for a little bit. It's like, okay, we'll see you soon, Dad. He's like, all right. And so there I am with Jesus. He turns me around and he says, Jake, I know that you're going through some business right now, but I want you to know that I've never left you or forsaken you. I want you to know that you're still called by my name the, day, the time that, I, that we talked in Zanesville, Ohio. I still feel the same way about you. He took off his sash looking thing, you know? It was golden and he put it on me. Then he gave me his sword, and he gave me his shield, and he says, these are your weapons. I've been holding them and crafting them just for you. He says, now go and be the man of God I've called you to be. And so from right there, it's like I shot right back down to my body. Boom. You know, there's a, there's a portion in scripture where Paul says, I was in the third heaven, whether I was in person or out of person, I don't know. That's what the Bible says. 
I'm not talking about having out-of-body experiences, but what I'm talking about is God does things that are unexplainable sometimes. And so I got there, and the day that I woke up was Sunday. I went to church that day, and I just started praying for people, laying my hands on people, and just left and right. Bang, 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 they're just falling out. Just a normal old church service, right? See, that encounter, that experience was for, not just to remind me that he loved me, was there for a mission. It was for a mission. And every time that God encounters you, he gives you power to accomplish the mission. Every time he encounters you, he encounters you for a reason. One more. You guys want to hear one more? I wrote down just about seven of them here, things that were... I've said this one before here, but tasting honey on my lips. It was in Washington, D.C. Barack Obama was getting, President Obama was getting uh, inaugurated that day. And uh, we we're having a service in a house. We called it Tom's House Outpouring, um, which was kind of funny for us. Um, but it was just a little small house church packed full of people. And we started worshiping Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, it smelled like someone was cooking pancakes. And before you know it, all of us in that room, about 100 people in this house, all started tasting honey on our lips, and it was sticky on our fingers. Out of no, just out of thin air. It's the craziest thing I've ever experienced before in my life. Because his love truly is sweeter than honey. Amen? You might go, Pastor, you're so crazy. Call me whatever. At the, at, the, at the cost of looking foolish, I will encounter Jesus. Because it's not I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. See, all of us want to talk about dying to the flesh, right? But when it, when it, when it really comes down to it, right, when it really, what, what we're really trying to say is you need to deny yourself, brother, and take up your cross and follow him. I get that. So deny yourself and let God do what he wants to do in your life. Stoke the fire, Right? I remember hearing God outside audibly. I felt like I heard the audible voice of God. I'm sitting outside at about six o'clock in the morning out in Sherburn, Minnesota, sitting on a lawn chair waiting for us to leave somewhere. We're going somewhere. And I'm sitting outside uh, in front of my, my in-law's house, right? And I'm praying. God, I just want you to know I love you. All of a sudden, this voice out of nowhere says, Jacob, I love you too, man. I looked around. I thought someone was playing a joke on me. That's how clear it was. But no one was around me. I thought somebody said it through the window, you know? So I looked at the windows, windows are closed. I'm like, okay, God, I guess that was you. Cool. You see, every one of these encounters and every one of the encounters that you have is for the purpose of the next step in your life. It's for the purpose of the next step, for action, and then also to remind you of his love for you. You see, the Lord's looking for something in this thing called the baptism of fire. And when the baptism of fire isn't just going nuts and it's not just going crazy, it's not just acting foolish for foolishness sake, okay? But like I said before, at the cost and the expense, if that's the only thing that I have to give up in my life is looking a little weird, looking a little foolish, then praise God, I will do that gladly for my king. I will, do that, I will do that gladly from the king. Let me just tell you, if you can't do that now, what's it gonna be like when real persecution starts happening? Come on, somebody, right? 
I believe God will give us the grace in those moments. God will give us the grace in those things, right? I understand that. But when it really matters, what's it gonna be like internally? If we can't experience it now, see, God's just setting us up for the next step. He's just setting us up for the next step. And I just wanna pass that test. I just wanna pass that test. And I do understand this, and I want everyone to know this. I do understand that there are people that are intentionally be weird about this stuff. They will do weird stuff to gather and garner attention. I get that. I understand that, but that's a small risk that we have to pay to really fully experience and encounter the presence of Jesus in the way that he wants us to experience him. Amen? See, God is stirring and inviting us into something deeper, bigger than ourselves. And that's where you and I, we have to pass that test. What's it gonna be like for us? What's it gonna be like for this church? What's it gonna be like for you as an individual who loves Jesus Christ? I remember when I was first training on how to hear the voice of the Lord, the Lord said to me, go pick up that piece of paper under your car. I said, are you kidding me, Jesus? It's under my car. I'm in the middle of the Walmart parking lot. He says, no, no, go pick it up. I didn't ask you to argue with me. I asked you to go pick it up. I said, okay. So I went to go pick it up. I crawled underneath my vehicle to go pick up this gum wrapper that was on the floor, right? I know people are walking by me going, the heck's wrong with this dude, right? What is wrong with this guy? And I remember that when I went under my truck, the wind blew and it blew it further under my truck, under that car. I was like, seriously, God? He's like, I want you to pick it up. Right? And, 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 and I'm not telling you this. This, this. this happened to me, okay? This may not happen to you this way. I'm just telling you this is how the Lord worked with me in that moment. All right? And so here I am. I'm picking up this paper. Right? And, and I simply obey because success in the kingdom of God doesn't mean extravagance. It means obedience. No, I don't think you just heard what I said. Right? And delayed obedience is still disobedience. So we need to continue to be obedient in the spirit of God to see the next step happen. And I remember from that time forward, he was just preparing me, testing to see what I would do, what I would do, would I literally die to myself, die to my intention, die to my focus, die to what it was so that way I can obey the master. And so I did. I'm not saying this huge thing happened, but what it did for me and what it did for Jesus is that we both grew in confidence with one another that he can trust me with his word. And that, that I could trust him when he speaks to me. You see, Jesus, in Matthew, gave us authority, right? He gave us the authority to, to for what? The commission, right? The great commission is what we call it. Matthew chapter 28, go into all the world, preach the gospel baptize, right, every nation. You guys with me? Cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, all that kind of, not leopards, okay, but lepers, okay, cleanse the lepers, all that kind of stuff. He gave us the authority in that moment to do that. But what he did is that he gave us the power to accomplish the mission in Acts chapter two. 
as to what he did. See, because authority, listen to this. Someone needs to write this down. Authority comes in the commission, but power comes in the encounter. Authority comes in the commission. You've already been commissioned, but power comes in the encounter of the presence of Jesus. How many guys believe that we need the power of the Holy Spirit? I'm not talking about, you know, just your speaking in tongues, and all, which by the way, if you're new here today, right, if you're visiting with us, I want you to know that we believe in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. We just do. We believe it's part of it, right? We believe it's part of a believer's life. It's nothing kooky. It's nothing abnormal for us. It just should happen. Just like you breathing, we should be okay with speaking in tongues. Now, we're not going to get into theological debates and conversations and talks and all this kind of stuff, but if it's in the Bible, guess what? It's in the Bible for a reason, right? See, Jesus himself was commissioned by God. He was commissioned by God, and we've taught about this the last several weeks. He was commissioned by God to go and do a mission. What was the mission? To die for the sin of humanity. Amen? His mission was to literally push back and destroy the works of the evil one while here on earth. That was his mission. So what did Jesus do? He laid this out for you and I. Very, very easy and very simple. Before he began to do all of that, he first had to go get baptized. Right? We'll rehearse this again. So here's Jesus. He's going to the wilderness where John the Baptist is at. He goes there. He gets water baptized, boom, to fulfill a promise. And all of a sudden, what happens? Heaven breaks open, right? And then a dove comes and rests on his shoulder. That is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And then in the book of John, it says that the dove remained with him. That means he was constantly filled with the Holy Spirit's power to accomplish the mission. Jesus gives you authority for the, for, for, for the commission. He gives you authority for the mission. He gives you power in the encounter. Jesus had an encounter on that day that led him not only to go do the work of the ministry, but it led him again to the wilderness to go and have temptation from the enemy to overcome that. I believe with all of my heart, if you're dealing with something this morning, if there's something going on in your heart where temptation has seized you so much that you cannot overcome it, I believe that you need to be endowed and empowered with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the only way for us to get free. Yes, we trust in the presence of Jesus. Yes, we trust in the salvation of Jesus. Yes, and amen. But when you have the Holy Spirit, it's like God pours gasoline on that fire. Right? He, just, he just douses the gasoline on your life. Amen? Amen? See, God wants us to not just know, but to experience him, to encounter his real presence, to feel him. Reggie, why don't you come up? To feel him, to tangibly experience him so we can tangibly express him. Let me say that again. Lupe, is that microphone somewhere? That's right there. God wants us to know him, to experience him, to encounter his real presence, to feel him, to tangibly experience him so we can tangibly express him. Right. Get authority in the mission. We get the power from the encounter. You see, in Acts chapter 2, 
there's this amazing outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Who's with me? You guys there with me in your mind? Acts chapter two, Holy Spirit comes, boom. They're all filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter gets up, begins to preach, right? Thousands of people on that day get saved, right? Here's this, this great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But if you read the book of Acts and you continue to read it, you'll see in Acts chapter four, there's another outpouring of the Holy Spirit, right? Where it rocked a house, it rocked a city in Acts chapter four. What's the point of that? The point is this, is that you can't live off of yesterday's bread. You still have to get to chapter four in your own personal life. You need a refreshing of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen? Talking about a counter, I got a text message this morning from Reggie and he wants to share something that happened to him last week or a couple weeks ago. Sure. Oh, I'll help you out, buddy. Church, we serve a living God and the God that we serve, he's faithful. His words it's, are faithful. There's no way that he's going to disappoint us. The first song that we sang this morning was, we have a testimony. Indeed, I did have a testimony. About four weeks ago, I went to play soccer and I, I sprained my ankle pretty bad. So, two weeks ago, we had communion in this church. There's power in the communion. Please, Amen. let's take the communion seriously. Whatever thing that you need the communion to do for you, when taking it, don't take it as a ritual, no. There's power in it. Let's take it. Whatever thing that you need from that communion, you will definitely have it. Two weeks ago, I came here during worship because of the sprained ankle. I was not able to be jumping around and praising my God as I wanted it. So after the worship, there was time for the communion. I went, I took my blood and the body. I took the body, and whilst taking the blood, what I heard was, I need to apply the blood on the ankle. I drank some of the blood, I left some in the cup, I applied it on my ankle. And I told myself that I'm getting the healing that comes with this blood. What does Revelation 12, 11 tells us? All that Revelation 12, 11 is saying that we overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. The blood of Jesus has healed my ankle. Today I was able to jump. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. And this is my testimony. So Revelation 12, 11 has been fulfilled in my life. It will definitely be fulfilled in your life. Whatever thing that you need, when taking the communion, please apply it. Have faith in it, and you surely get what you want. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Reggie. Hallelujah. Why don't we go ahead and stand? Let's stand this morning. That was a great word. My wife and I talked this morning. Before we came to church, we always sit on the couch and just kind of talk about what we think God's going to do today. And we both felt like God was going to physically heal somebody, if not multiple people here this morning. Amen? Listen. We have to get it out of our minds. We have to. We have to continue to have hope and faith that Jesus still heals today. Because it's in the word. I mean, obviously, we just heard somebody who had a physical healing two weeks ago with just communion. 
Amen? Amen. So what I want to do today, <laughs> I'm thinking about how to close today. Jesus, I just want us just to pray and ask God for a fresh outpouring of his spirit right now. I want you to pray. <laughs> the Bible, Jesus instructed his disciples, when you pray, say. When you pray, say. Okay, let's just pause right there. And I know that there is power in the word spoken from your mouth. So right now, I don't, it, look, if, if you love Jesus this morning, this is for you. I don't care if you come to church here all the time or if this is your first time. It doesn't matter. If you love, if you love the Lord God with all your heart, my soul, and strength right now, we're just going to pray. Father, right now in Jesus' name, God, we just pray for a fresh outpouring of your spirit. God, we just pray. Oh, Jesus, wowzers. <laughs> Whoo. Father, I just pray. Oh, Jesus. I just pray right now for a fresh outpouring. Come on, he's here. I can feel him. I can feel him. I can feel him. I'm not trying to be weird, but I can feel him right now in Jesus' name. Come on, if you want this, if you want this, if you want God to fan into flame the gift of God inside of you, if you want him to prod and to poke the fire and, and, and the coals that have been burning in your spirit right now to get, to get bigger, now's the time. Come on, in Jesus' name. Just raise up your hands and you just ask him. Just ask him, Father, just say, just ask him like this. Say, Jesus, just fill me with your spirit right now. Come on, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. We want a fresh outpouring. God, we want a fresh outpouring. We want a fresh outpouring pouring right now in Jesus name. We don't want to do things the way we understand them. We want to do things the way you understand them, Father. Lord, in Jesus name, we want a fresh outpouring. We want a fresh outpouring.